While many know the stories of Hawaii's pigman deity, there's a chance these stories were fabricated. He was Hawaii's cursed Pulp Fiction pigman, Kamapua'a. And this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, and thank you for joining us. This is your podcast about Pacific folklore and cultural history, Legends from the Pacific. Welcome to episode 151, which is also your second Halloween special episode, Hawaii's Cursed Pulp Fiction Pigman, Kamapua'a. As a side note, you have more than one Halloween episode because who said Halloween can't be celebrated all month long? I am Kamuela Kaneshiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. In the beginning, there was the Pacific Ocean. A canoe broke the horizon, piloted by Pele, a beautiful Polynesian maiden who dominated the waves until she felt safe to stop. The audiobook of our Legends from the Pacific Book 1 is now available, narrated by multi-award-winning voice actress Emily Wu Zeller. Emily has worked on anime, the video game Cyberpunk 2077, and over 500 audiobooks, including Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, from a certain point of view. Just click the link in our show notes to purchase our audiobook and enjoy Emily telling our stories today. A special aloha to our listeners on player.fm. Mahalo nui loa for listening and sending me your emails. Also, mahalo nui loa to listener Jenny for her email. As you might have guessed, from this episode's length, it took a ton of research, time, and I'm still cross-referencing things, but managed to pull enough things together for your episode. In this episode, you'll learn why Kamapua'a is a difficult subject to tackle, but I just wanted to take the time to thank you for your patience and continued support of our show. Later in this episode, your featured song, holiday board game recommendation, and Hawaiian word, but first... Let me share with you this unique demigod. As usual, I apologize for any mispronounced names or words and appreciate your understanding. Kamapua'a means pig child, and it is debated if he was born on Oahu's North Shore or Kahiki. Once again, replace the K's with T's and you get Tahiti. While he had two brothers and a sister, he was born a piglet and raised by his tutu or grandmother, who was a powerful kahuna. In ancient Hawaii, a great kahuna had four mo'opunas, or grandchildren. Two were boys, one was a girl, and one was a pig named Kamapua'a. The family looked after their children, but the kahuna raised her mo'opuna piglet until it was old enough to join his siblings. While the kahuna was powerful, her family were poor. The boys were too young to fish so they hunted birds, but Kamapua'a was kolohe, or mischievous. He killed and ate the neighbor's chickens, then returned with some for his family, which they enjoyed. This continued, and the neighbors tried catching the thief, but Kamapua'a was too smart, and his family covered for him. When he killed the Ali'i's chicken, guards were ordered to catch the thief. That night, they saw Kamapua'a kill a chicken. 
They closed in. However, Kamapua'a escaped, ran home, but was captured near his hale. They tied him and took him to the ali'i. Kamapua'a's family didn't know what to do, but their powerful kahuna tutu or grandmother cast an incantation freeing Kamapua'a. He killed and ate his captors, except one who escaped to the ali'i. The chief sent several guards to kill the family. Kamapua'a suspected more guards would come, pretended to sleep in a stream, and blocked the water. When the guards arrived, they approached the damp ground matching the surrounding vegetation and raised their weapons over the beast. Kamapua'a opened his eyes and ran, unleashing a wave of water that swept the guards out to sea. The great Kahuna told her family they needed to flee, and Kamapua'a took them over the Ko'ola Mountains to Wainai. The Ali'i learned of his guard's fate and sent his army to kill the family. The warriors searched the north shore, but couldn't find them, and the neighboring villages did not encounter them. The Ali'i assumed they sailed for another island and gave up his search, for traversing the Ko'olau Mountains to Wainai wasn't humanly possible. Some suggested Kamapua'a was cursed to be a pig thanks to his great-grandfather, I find this interesting since Kamapua'a's other siblings were fine. Anywho, it is believed his virile great-grandfather gave in to his piggish side with his daughter, which makes him Kamapua'a's great-grandfather and grandfather. While some Hawaiian royalty, like other cultures, occasionally married within their family, the curse implied this might not include father-daughter relationships. While some stated he raped her, research suggests she didn't object to becoming his second wife, and this was approved by his first wife. Regardless, Kamapua'a also gained his relative's virility. Varying stories claimed his kahuna tutu or their ancestors changed him into a man. When this happened, he obtained shape-shifting abilities and could become plants or animals, but he favored being an attractive man, a kukui nut tree, also known as the candle nut tree, large pig, or the reef triggerfish, the humuhumu nukunuku apua'a. The humuhumu nukunuku apua'a translates to triggerfish, with a snout like a pig. It is also known as a rectangular triggerfish, or wedge-tailed triggerfish. Interestingly enough, Kamapua'a's favored forms were acceptable sacrifices if pigs were not available. This did not apply to human sacrifices, which occurred depending on the god and request. Kamapua'a could also summon pigs, and his body could become hordes of boars. That's a little Dracula twist right there, since the famous vampire could become a swarm of rats. There's a lot of back and forth on if Kamapua'a was a god or demigod. Most research suggests he was a demigod, like Maui. But whereas Maui usually did things for his family and the Hawaiians, Kamapua'a focused on himself, probably because he was more pig-ish. That being said, most Hawaiian demigods usually had a bit of their animal form on their human form. You, our astute listeners, may recall back in our episode 103 where the shark demigod, Nanaue, had a shark's mouth on his back. Well, Kamapua'a had bristled hair that ran down his back, which he covered with a boar's skin, giving further proof he was a demigod. Farmers worshipped him since a pig's rooting was likened to farmers working the land. So, Kamapua'a was one of Hawaii's fertility gods, 
and linked with the major fertility god Lono, who was mentioned back in our episode 37. In fact, a wooden boar's head would sometimes be on Lono's altars, and farmers placed their newborn son's navel against the wooden sculptures to ensure their child would be a strong farmer. As stated earlier, while Kamapua'a had many stories, there's good evidence most of their details were altered or incorrect. You see, in the late 1800s, foreigners flocking to Hawaii openly spoke cruelly about the dwindling Hawaiians and their current ruler, King David Kalakaua. I'd just like to pause and ask you to consider imagining this nightmare. Your people are dying from foreigners who are spreading disease and taking your land. While belittling you, your culture, and your ruler, all this while refusing to give you a fair chance to adapt to their new world, which they're forcing upon you. Hawaii's late 1800s were pretty bleak for Hawaiians. Anywho, King Kalakaua was trying to revitalize the dying Hawaiian culture, and one of his allies, John Edward Bush, was a native Hawaiian Caucasian, or what we call a Hapa Haole, who was educated and well-versed in English and Hawaiian. Bush became the royal governor of Kauai and published the Hawaiian-language newspaper Kaleo o Kalahui, or The Voice of the Nation. Along with using the newspaper to encourage Hawaiians to remember and respect their dying culture, Bush collected Kamapua'a's stories and published them as one version over 50 issues. Now, you may be thinking this is a good thing. Well, yes and no. It's good these stories were printed, but Bush may have taken too many liberties because his stories had Kamapua'a and others breaking many traditional kapus. Which doesn't seem right since the stories were supposed to be authentic and entice Hawaiians to remember and respect their culture. So how did Bush get these stories? Because he couldn't just Wikipedia them like others do today. Bush had to get his stories from fellow Hawaiians. However, due to Hawaii in the late 1800s being Hawaii in the late 1800s, Hawaiians hesitated sharing their stories out of fear of being associated with their culture, which may affect their future opportunities. They also feared being criticized by Hawaiians for possibly mislabeling places, mispronouncing names, words, or presenting a version others may not believe or agree with. I can totally relate with this last part, since I'm constantly doing my best to avoid this with each of our episodes. Which is why I really appreciate your understanding, since mistakes can happen, because really, no one is perfect please consider pausing this episode and posting a positive rating or review to support our show. Please do this now if you can. If not, please remember to do this later. Aside from the possibility that Hawaiians may have shared incorrect or altered versions with Bush, scholars scrutinize Bush's published version for its deliberate wordplay and sex. This last part seemed valid, since Bush was kind of on a crusade against Christianity which frowned upon sex to the point where sources stated if groups like the Calvinist Christians of the time had their way, sex would never happen. Remember, Christians of the day banned the hula for being too sexual, which either deliberately or accidentally started the collapse of the Hawaiian culture, since the hula was the record of Hawaiian stories and customs. We touched upon this back in our episode 13 when we talked about Queen Ka'ahumanu. In other words, Bush 
possibly presenting an over-sexualized version of Kamapua's stories, may have been like modern celebrities advocating their cause by pushing the censorship envelope. Besides, Christians of the time weren't going to read his paper because they felt they were above it. Plus, it was in Hawaiian. So, maybe Hawaiian Christians would read his newspaper? But, I digress. Now, listen, I get it. I understand many non-Christian religions were sexual. But this publication was a cross between Conan the Barbarian and classic James Bond. Meaning, an extremely attractive man against ridiculous odds defeated whoever he wants, and women swoon upon seeing him. Not to mention, Kamapua's family sacrificed themselves to ensure his victory over minor fights that only benefited him. I mean, if they were a major, larger fight, then I could maybe understand why they would do such a thing. But many times while I was reading this version, I kept thinking, why are they doing this for him? So, Bush's published story feels more like pulp writing and fantasy fulfillment than authentic retellings. Which I totally understand, since we must remember, while Bush was trying to encourage Hawaiians to remember their culture, he was also selling newspapers. Ultimately, elements of this published story stuck with more people than the original versions. It was also easier to access, which led to more retellings, and the authentic versions of the stories became harder to find which is one of the reasons why it took me a little longer to get your episode to you. Kamapua'a's sister became the Kona Wind, or South Wind. As the demigod grew, he favored his human form and learned of the beautiful and fierce goddess of fire, Pele. He ventured to the Big Island's volcanic Kilauea realm, donned his most handsome form, and approached. Pele ignored her sisters and thought of the other Hawaiian islands she created while fleeing from her sister's vengeful wrath. Pele's sisters chattered and swooned over a handsome man approaching. The goddess smirked. Her insight revealed the intruder's true form was a pig. Kamapua'a chanted, and his lovely words made women's legs tremble. But Pele rolled her eyes and clicked her tongue at her pathetic sisters. Fools, that's not a man, but a disgusting pig intruding on my domain. Pele lifted her head, and her bitter chant mocked the repulsive swine. Kamapua'a's eyes filled with rage, and he unleashed insults at the goddess. Pele's eyes glowed. How dare you, stupid pig, disrespect me in my domain? The ground shook and cracked. Kamapua'a summoned his ancestors and the sky darkened. Fire burst through the fissures as a downpour answered the pigman's prayer. Pele gritted her teeth and called lava to incinerate the flooding water. The Kona wind flung her hair and Kamapua'a's sister attacked the goddess. The pigman's eyes glowed as he called packs of boars that converged upon the volcanic realm. Then he led them onto the battlefield. Hundreds of thundering hooves stomped Pele's fires. A tear fell from the weakened goddess. The pigman smiled. Tasting victory, he raised vegetation to smother the remaining embers and close the fissures. Pele's dimming eyes widened. Lava exploded from the crevices, devouring the growth. The strengthening goddess cackled, 
as her hungering inferno engulfed the pigman and his army. The war upset Hawaii's natural balance. Hawaii's gods foresaw the outcome was a stalemate that would decimate the land and its inhabitants. The gods appeared. Pele Honuamea, Kavahine Ai Honua, Keeper of Kilauea, Goddess of Fire, cease your rage. Pele's eyes narrowed. How dare you interfere? You have no right to intrude on my domain. We may travel as we please, for we are limitless. Mistress of Fire, stop your attack, for both of you are equal, and Kamapua's abilities would benefit the land and its children. That doesn't concern me, and I'll show you I'm more powerful than this pig. Honor our request, and we shall grant you solitude in your realm and dominion in your other lands. Pele gasped, her blazing eyes faded and watered. The gods granted Pele the dry leeward south and southwest lands of the Hawaiian Islands, while Kamapua'a could use his abilities in the lush, windward, north and northeast side of the islands. Great mountain ranges separated their domains, and balance was preserved. Our story explains a lot of Hawaii's aspects, like why the Hawaiian Islands' windward sides are lush and the leeward sides are dry. It also explains Oahu's curse of not taking pork over the pulley, since pork represents Kamapua'a's crossing over into Pele's domain. And as you may recall way back in our first episode, Pele is known to walk along the pulley. If you take pork over the pulley, your car will break down or you'll experience bad luck. The fix is relatively simple. All you need is to throw the pork out of your car into the bushes around the pulley. There's been many stories of people encountering such phenomenon, and once the pork was removed, their vehicle started up and everything was fine. And while some say this only affects those traveling from the windward to leeward, or Kailua to town, it's probably best to avoid taking park over the pulley in general. The pulley route was always popular, and offerings were commonly made to ensure safe travel. However, there was an incident probably way back in the day involving men carrying a dead pig over the pulley. A voice called to them, saying, Where are you going? The dead pig lifted his head, wherever they are taking me. I believe they tossed the pig and ran. I've mentioned the pulley frequently in our episodes for having lots of paranormal things, including what are known as hungry ghosts. I've also had many unexplainable encounters including an incident with pork, but that's a story for another time. How's that? This episode had two curses. Not bad for a Halloween episode. Scholars pointed out Pele is considered the archetypical Hawaiian female. You know, fiery, fierce, strong, which all tracks with me. While Kamapua'a is considered the archetypical Hawaiian male. You know, the whole untamed beast thing. Aside from that, the demigod, like Hawaiian men, possess a great hunger for food, which I could totally relate with, and sex. <sighs> no comment. I found the whole Pele Kamapua'a dynamic interesting, since women were associated with a goddess and men with a demigod. This is also a rare incident where a man, instead of a woman, represents fertility. Today, newspaperman John Edward Bush did what he could to help the Hawaiian people. 
and an Oahu road is named after him. The road is near Punchbow Cemetery, which is the Pacific's Arlington Cemetery and resting place of many of my family members. King David Kalakaua is remembered as Hawaii's Merry Monarch for bringing back the hula, which was a big deal in saving Hawaii's culture. The Merry Monarch Hula Festival, which is considered the Super Bowl of Hula, is an annual event held on the Big Island in March or April. This was also a nice Lilo and Stitch moment featured in the pictures during the movie's credits. And in 1985, Hawaii passed the law making the Humuhumu Nukunuku Apua'a the state fish. However, the law expired five years later in 1990, but reinstated 16 years later in 2006. Some could say that's the state of Hawaii being the state of Hawaii. The whole ordeal confused me as a kid because I didn't understand how it could be a state fish, then not. Plus, People kept telling me it wasn't the state fish, but never saying why. As for Kamapua'a, he may still be around. You see, people shared their stories with me of encountering a massive boar crossing the street or feeling his hot, panting breath against their neck, which filled their car as a massive boar materialized in their back seat, then vanished. I've also encountered a story of pig hunters crossing paths with a massive boar, and after briefly losing sight of it, it disappeared. I asked if kukui nut trees were there, which he may have become to avoid capture. Kukui nut trees were there. Don't be surprised if you hear more of Kamapua'a stories in future episodes, as I continue untangling and cross-referencing his various stories to share with you. I swear, at times it's like I'm trying to put the middle of a jigsaw puzzle together in the dark. So, what'd we learn? A lot, really. Like, people know many of Kamapua'a's stories because they were published in a Hawaiian-language newspaper. However, these stories were likely altered and embellished for political reasons and to make money. Meaning, the Kamapua'a stories you may know are probably from the published altered rendition. So while there's a lot of conflicting and questioning aspects of Kamapua'a, I did my best here, like all our episodes, to share what I could confirm with you. Initially, I was thankful to have enough to make one episode, which turned out to be enough for two or even three. But one of the things I really took from this episode was that it really reminded me that our show's mission is not only to spread Asian and Pacific Islander cultural awareness, but to understand the truths behind these stories and why they might have been altered. I feel this is why you, our fans, do what you can to support our show and share it with your friends and family, because one of our show's unique aspects is providing you with that deeper level of cultural understanding you deserve. And I thank you for your continued support. This episode mentioned developing land, which ties in with our holiday game recommendation, Terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars is a great game where individuals represent corporations who win points by terraforming Mars. I particularly like the theoretical ways science could terraform Mars, the creative ways you can get points, and synergy you could potentially create to develop the red planet. While terraforming Mars averages a few hours, it's an incredible game that I've gotten many friends addicted to. Plus, terraforming Mars has a solo mode for when you want to feel like Matt Damon from The Martian. So click the link in our show notes and purchase your copy of Terraforming Mars today. 
Terraforming Mars also has expansions. Email me if you want to know which I'd recommend. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects were by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and show notes can be found on our website at legendsfromthepacific.com. That was our Patreon supporter, Meg. Mahalo Nuilo, Meg. And a big Mahalo Nuilo to our Patreon members who support our mission to spread Asian and Pacific Islander cultural history and awareness. Will and Ollie Geis. Christopher. Meg. Jessica Bullock. Edward Pua'ohenki. Felisa H. The Makuli Guy. And of course, Ren Shepard. Your support keeps our show going. If you'd like to support our show, please click the link in our show notes to become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member to enjoy an exclusive monthly Hawaiian story, like the rare story of who the Hawaiian volcano god was before Pele, the return of the Hawaiian demigod brothers Kana and Nehue, and other nifty benefits. Your rewards are waiting for you, so sign up and become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member today. In fact, this month's bonus story is another Kamapua'a tale. Your featured song for this episode is Kaneohe by Josh Totofi, courtesy of High Sessions. For those who don't know, Kaneohe is a popular area on Oahu's windward side, so it's lush, green, and part of Kamapua'a's domain. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro, but you can call me Kamu for short. I also wrote our original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is a word used throughout this episode, and that's humuhumu nukunuku apua'a. Humuhumu nukunuku apua'a is Hawaii state fish, and I figured I might as well include it again to give you time to practice it since it's kind of a long name. An example of humuhumu nukunuku apua'a is the popular 1933 song my Little Grass Shack in Keala Kekua, Hawaii, includes the lyric where the Humuhumu Nukunukuapua'a goes swimming by. Once again, Humuhumu Nukunukuapua'a is Hawaii's state fish. I had no idea how popular that song was, and still is. Thank you once again for listening and supporting our show. Mahalo and a hui ho! Mahalo and a hui ho!